1: Hey everybody, this is the Big Ticket, Variety, and iHeart's new film podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin, and today it's episode three of the three-part Avengers Endgame special. Coming up, Paul Rudd talking about that very weird Ant-Man and Thanos theory, and Karen Gillan tries to impress us with her celebrity impersonations. Welcome back. This is The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Right now, I've got Paul Rudd talking about that very weird and kind of gross Ant-Man-Thanos theory.
2: How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are Not you? talking
1: hotels. <laughs> okay, you're starting off in the business. You say in your head, one day I'm going to be a
2: superhero. It uh, was. It wasn't really. In uh, <laughs> it wasn't anything I thought about. Right when I started off uh, in this business in the early 1940s, I they weren't really making a ton of superheroes. <laughs> it wasn't a genre that uh, was as popular then as it is now. Um, no, I, I never. I never could have predicted this. How many you signed up for? Uh, well, <laughs> well, I. I signed up for I think just for the two that I did, and there, and then it was you know i ha, I was in civil war, and so it's kind of the way it it worked was they kind of whenever they need you <laughs> in a, in a way, yeah, but it's not it's not like signing a you know like you're doing a, a seven year contract to a television show or anything mm-hmm. like that it's and I'm sure each thing is probably individual so you have said though that signing on to this was like when you signed on to friends
1: like the phenomenon
2: well it's the only thing that i could even compare it to a little bit in that uh it's an established group (laughs) and one that is recognized worldwide and i have had the same kind of the same feeling of uh showing up a little bit later and just not (laughs) wanting to get in the way and kind of looking around um (laughs) in a mild state of shock as to, you know, seeing these people and their costumes and the props and everything up close and personal. It's it's, it's, it's a similar, it's a similar feeling.
1: What was it like seeing yourself for the first time as Ant-Man?
2: It was very exciting. I remember when I put the suit on for the first time, they were trying to, you know, the fitting for the the first one anyway. Um, And I went through many fittings, but that very first time it was, uh, you know, it just made it, real in a way because I kind of saw what it might look like and it was very exciting.
1: Is it strange to know that you're part of this universe of 22 movies? That's and Can not, you name no, all 22? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I
2: might be able to actually. And it's not strange. Um, surreal. Yeah, to a certain extent. I yeah. mean, what this has become is unique and mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of it is, uh, it is a bit surreal and it, but it's really exciting and it's gratifying in many ways because, uh, no matter what country I go to, um, or who I'm meeting, uh, w- whatever the age, it's people have a connection. They know about these characters right. and and you know these series of films and and it's a that's a pretty it's a pretty cool place to be.
1: Why do you think this universe resonates so much with people?
2: Well, I mean the comic books have for decades, and the characters you know. Kids have grown up with them, and then their parents grew up with these same characters, and their parents maybe grew up <laughs> with these characters, and they're you know they're archetypical. Mm-hmm. So many of them represent what we all kind of strive to be or want to be mm-hmm. in our own lives, and yet they are also all flawed and human in ways, and we relate to that and connect with that, and so um, you know it's. It, I think that they're they're super. Human and and heroic, Mm -hmm. yet still relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that strikes a chord with a lot of people.
1: Now let's talk about this fan theory of Ant Man going up Thanos' ass.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, and?
1: One, would you want to? Two, does Thanos even have an ass? You know,
2: (laughs) what do you think? I just
1: don't think Thanos poops. You don't think so? This is deep.
2: Yeah, no. This no is pun this,
1: intended. Yeah, this is well,
3: <laughs> just take a crack uh, at it. Uh, no pun intended there either.
2: Uh, uh, you know, th- this is an interesting. This is what the internet does. It just kind of floats an idea out there. Uh, you're not the first person to wonder if Thanos. I mean, he's Thanos, right? I, it, it, I, it couldn't be that easy.
1: I mean, he'd be more than, he'd need like 15 ply, not two ply.
2: He also has like a space stone, right? So, I mean, there's a, there's, in a way, anything could be as expansive as possible.
1: And, though, if that was a theory that happened, basically that could happen in every movie with Ant-Man.
2: It seems a little far-fetched to me. Yeah, I don't, uh,. And then, and I think that, I think we've exhausted that, that topic. (laughs) It'll be interesting. Bring Josh Brolin in here, see what he thinks about it.
1: Josh, do you want Ant-Man up your ass? Sorry. Uh, I can't even believe we're talking about this, but we are.
2: Well, I can, I I can't believe it, but you brought it up. I did
1: bring it up because I find it quite amazing what the fans will come up with. Mm. How do you deal with a fandom? I mean, it is enthusiastic. Yeah. And they analyze everything to the point where like, do you see like something being analyzed, and you're like, "That's no one was trying to make a point there, but they think they think they see something there."
2: Well, I think it's a testament to the passion yeah. that many people have for these uh, characters. This, you know, there's a history that you know we, to them that we don't see if you've just seen the movies. You know, if you've read the comics, you mm-hmm. know other storylines, um, and. The fans want to pay homage and be respectful to those storylines, uh, and yet it, there are uh, so many people out there that are, that want to try and figure it out. I think that these fan theories are interesting to read. Sometimes I don't really I don't really follow them too much. I'd heard about this one, obviously. <laughs> um, I was asked about it at the Ant Man junket. It's been around for a while, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it is fun to have a little bit of um, of an inside uh, you know inside information and I read something and think wow that is that is just so way off but uh, people might you know people it's, it's I think that's part of the fun for a lot of people to try and figure these things out and you know there are many uh, websites that make it their business to try and find out
1: should there be an intermission during endgame game uh,
2: I, don't, I haven't seen it I couldn't tell you
1: it's long though movie these days it's over three hours
2: well I, I don't I, I, I'd have to see it and uh, I think it's a fairly epic story we're, we've, we've got we're, you know, what is it the 22nd 22nd and, and there's a lot there's a lot of ground to cover so uh, the main goal here was we want people to be satisfied and not feel uh, cheated in some way you want to pay the proper respect to the characters and the story that it, that it deserves and uh, I'm guessing that they felt that this this is it this is the right time
1: were you surprised to see who got disintegrated who got disintegrated or who disintegrated
2: i think I think it's who disintegrated yes. but uh um was I surprised? yeah, I was a little bit i mean i I was really uh kind of in that moment and i when I saw infinity war and I knew it was coming right. by the way I knew um beforehand uh it was still so emotional and and powerful that when it was uh happening i was just an audience member i got caught up in it like anybody and i was uh yeah i was really kind of surprised to see it all and i thought it was very effective
1: what is the penalty for giving spoilers if you gave a spoiler to me right now how much money would you have to pay to marvel
2: Uh, i'm not even going to attempt to try and find out (laughs) (laughs) and you haven't seen Endgame yet no Mm. no one has no makes it easier though so
1: you can't spoil things right but you
2: know stuff well i know some stuff but i was there when they filmed some of it yeah but you don't know how they're going to (laughs) cut it together that's true i don't even know if they'll use it
1: (laughs) because also the russos have said even the trailers Mm. they've purposely done things to throw everyone off so Mm. you
2: can't really see what's happening god they're good they're really good. The They're Marvel really good. Here. They're really good. They're awesome. Thank you, Paul. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much.
1: That was Paul Rudd. Now we're going to a quick break, but we'll be back with Don Cheeto recalling the moment he was asked to replace Terrence Howard in The Avengers.
4: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Take good care. Welcome back.
1: This is the Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Now we've got Don Cheadle. You, sir.
5: I am good. How are you? I'm good. So have good. you seen Endgame yet? I've seen as much Endgame as I think everyone has seen, which is the trailer and whatever little uh promotional things they're doing online.
1: Do they do that on purpose so you can't mess up and say what happens?
5: <laughs> I think yes. <laughs> I think it's one of the most, you know, heavily guarded secrets in moviedom. And it's good, right? I mean, we don't want people to to be out there ruining right. the experience for everybody else. So it's nice, but it is they're incredibly uh, secretive about it and that's why mark ruffalo i don't even know why he's here doing <laughs> press but here he is so what is the fine what is the penalty if you say something well they start you off uh, before you even do press with an injury so it's they just let you know that they're very serious so they break your legs they're, first a, a, finger. They take a finger it's like the yakuza they take a little finger, and then you understand. <laughs> Don't say anything else. Could you believe it's been 22 movies? No, it's. A, they keep saying that, and I start trying to count them down. and it's. Could uh, you name them all, though? No, not even close. <laughs> but, uh, no, it is a real testament to the staying power of the mythology of these characters and the way that Kevin Feige and Marvel et al. has been able to really weave all these storylines for, for this long and, and keep it fresh and keep it interesting and just keep it exciting. I interviewed Chris and Steven
1: the other day at a WGA Foundation thing, and I said, "How do you keep the story straight?" I even said to them, "I said, is there a time where, you're like, you're writing a movie and like you forget to give a certain character dialogue because there's so many?" Yeah,
5: I think all of those things are happening, and really, thank God, it's we're not tasked with that, uh, you know, job. But the Russos, uh, you know, Joe and Anthony, every day was with every scene. It's a, a long conversation before we shoot about where we're coming from, where we're going, and we, you know, these these movies were cross-boarded. We shot them both at the same time. It wasn't even back-to-back. They were <laughs> scenes that were happening from the next one, Infinity War, and some from Endgame. So, trying to remember where you were and what just happened, and we'd shoot things and come back the next day, and they'd go, we well, can't use any of that, because that's not, we forgot that this, <laughs> or we're gonna add this in, or we're gonna use this shot. So, it was very schizophrenic for them, and, and seeing, them at the end of the process, they were both really worn out. They were both really (laughs) run down.
1: How did everyone find out who disintegrated?
5: Is it on the day. Kind of kind of on the day. They were like, you're walking through him and he's going and he's Sam's disappearing. I was like, oh we're okay. Because you really we didn't know. You know, we we they kept it from us too. Uh, when I inhaled him, that was tough. <laughs> that, that was, you inhaled? That was a rough one. I had to inhale. I was breathing and he turned to dust in front of me. No, but that was, uh, it, it actually was kind of an emotional moment. And, and I think they handled it very well in the in the film too. Because these are, you know, these are real characters and they're, People that we've come to, you know, to, to to love and have these connections with, and then boom, they go away. So it was, it was, a, and it was a great way because you don't usually see uh, a film like this end with that kind of, right. you know, pathos at the end of it. You're waiting for the big upswell at the end. It's like, no, there's no upswell. This there's is a lot it. Of
1: people just, yeah, gone. gone. Yeah, with the snap of a finger, just like that. Yeah, boom. Who would you go? Who would you make go away with this snap of the phone? I think we all
5: know. I'm on Twitter <laughs> pretty heavily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've snapped that dude out a couple times. Um, but you know, that's what an awesome power, right? You know, what a sick glove to have. I mean, isn't it also?
1: I mean, when you look at it, it's just like having your finger on the button, right? Yeah.
5: No, it it is, and I think that's another thing that the Marvel movies do really well is intentionally weave in themes and weave in you know uh topics that through still the prism of marvel Mm -hmm. deal with a lot of the things that we're dealing with and and uh speak about a lot of the things that uh are, are very topical um that that makes the movies feel very current and fresh and now and gives people a lot of you know you can tie into it and it's for kids and it's for adults and everybody can find their own place in these right. movies and i think that's why they constantly work and people have such a thirst for them and marvel black panther captain
1: marvel yeah. we're seeing diversity in superheroes like we've never seen before yeah why do you think now it's happening
5: and it's so successful well i mean it's something that obviously stan lee intended a long yeah. time ago you know he had The whole diaspora of all of these different characters and all these different people and the relationships that they have from when he created this these Mm -hmm. ideas a long time ago and now more than ever as you say it's really uh time to celebrate all of that in a very real way and we can see that when that has a platform and when you you do that the reaction is overwhelming you know captain marvel just passed a billion dollars you know there's there's a huge huge desire to see different stories from different voices and it's and it's great that we're getting to do it
1: when you were starting out in the business did you ever think you'd be playing a superhero
5: i did not i knew it was something that i thought would be fun to do mm-hmm. and you know when this came along i had gone in early and met with robert and kevin and there was you know some people who wanted me for the part and people who wanted terrence for the part and terrence got the part thank you know god bless and everything and then, as things transpired and I came into it, you know, it was, I was at my daughter's birthday party. She was like seven years old. And they called me and they said, okay, it's going down. Terrence isn't coming back. We're giving you the offer. Um, but we need to decide quick because we don't want this to get out and we're going right. to, you know, release it. So, <laughs> so we need you to decide. It's, a, it's an eight picture de- I forget how many movies it was, wow. but then I was like, that's like 10 years. That could be 12 years yeah. that we're talking about. <laughs> they said, well, we need a decision in an hour. I said, to decide on, I don't even know what the part, I don't even know where it's going. They're like, hey, you got to just take a leap of faith. And I said, well, I'm at my daughter's birthday party. They said, oh, take two hours. They're like, let her go out the candles <laughs> yeah, yeah. and get back yeah, to yeah. us. Go ahead and cut the cake and then get back here and say yes or no. So it was a, a decision that had to be made, you know, pretty quickly. Did you ever talk to Terrence about it? Yeah, I saw Terrence the next day, actually. Wow. After the whole thing went down, we met, you know, saw him on the Warner Brothers lot. And I'd known Terrence for years, you know, produced Crash, put him in Crash. Mm-hmm. We were... We never had any beef. There was never anything between Terrence and I ever. And this was something between Terrence and Marvel and his people and all of that. So we didn't really have a thing about it. You know, I just, yeah, we just, I literally pulled up behind him incidentally on the lot and he was going in for something else and he came out and we chopped it up and he was like, I'm good with you. I said, I'm good with you too. This has nothing to do with us. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So Disney Fox merger. Which X-Men
1: do you want to come over to the Avengers?
5: Oh, wow. Who would it be?
1: Or Deadpool so, or Wolverine? Yeah, De- I think
5: that Deadpool would... I think we mm-hmm. want to see that. Yeah. I just want to see Deadpool with these characters. <laughs> that, that, just something about that. Scene. I feel like Insane. everyone's saying it should be Deadpool. Yeah, we want to see how happen. that works.
1: Um, I do want to get a little more serious with you. The Georgia abortion bill. You signed your name to that letter.
5: Why is that so important to you? Well, I I think it's really about a wave of human rights issues that we're seeing, uh, not just in our country, but really across the the world, you know. Um, And there feels to me that there is a real ideological struggle uh, between trying to go back to a time of again, which, what is that? I don't even know when again was. You know, I I think of... uh, a comedian who's become sort of persona non grata but his joke about going to the future versus going to the past and you know mm-hmm. him saying he was saying as a white man you know I can literally go to any year and they'll just snap out a table and be like hey that was Here <laughs> he goes. but in the future oh I'm not going there because <laughs> we're gonna have to pay for everything we did and I'm not dealing with that but you know there's the, as things progress obviously more people want to pull back who mm-hmm. are frightened of what that potentially could mean and I just feel that uh, specifically with something that has already been adjudicated, this has already been decided. Uh, Roe versus Wade has been decided. Um, and to want to go uh, and and relitigate that. And uh, and this bill is particularly draconian with what it wants to, to do with women. That it's just very important that we, we uh, speak up and show up and uh, I think if we don't, uh, then we have no one to blame if things turn uh, hmm. to again, again.
1: Right. What do you think is going to happen in 2020?
5: I have no idea. I mean, really, uh, I think it's, it's, it's probably too early to tell. There's still obviously a lot of dust that has to settle around things that are uh, ongoing. And people are having to, uh, in this kind of a horse race, find Uh, their voice and find their lanes, but uh, something needs to change dramatically and drastically, and I hope it does. Do you think it will? I I tend to be uh, cynical and Mm -hmm. uh, somewhat uh, skeptical about our ability to pull ourselves out of it, but um, I'm hopeful that it does at the same time, and I know that hope without work is pointless, so we got to roll up our sleeves and make the change that we uh, want to see what inspires you to yeah. roll up your sleeves i i don't know probably I, my family probably what i come from probably my parents instilled mm-hmm. something in me very early even earlier than i probably recall you know but i just know that i was always told that you know to 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 fight for what you believe in and to stand up for people who can't and you know uh you can't start a fight that's illegitimate, but you can end a fight that's, mm. that is for the right cause. You know, you can fight for a cause and are supposed to. So I don't think that stops just because you become an actor or whatever you know, position that you uh, are fortunate enough to have. I think, in fact, it you know requires you to do it once you're in the light.
1: So let's have a little fun. How well do you know your co-stars? Robert Downey Jr., has he won an Oscar?
5: No, he's not. He should know. You would think he would have. He's stolen. He stole an Oscar. He <laughs> showed <laughs> it to me, but he, he has not won. Chris Hemsworth. He has not won
1: Oscar. <laughs> Was he on Australia's Dancing with the
5: Stars or Australia's Got Talent? I think Australia's Got Talent, wasn't it? I think it was a Dancing with the Stars, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> he didn't
5: show you his dance moves lately? No. I don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Did an album, a cover of one artist, all songs by that artist, do you know who it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, to. you?
5: Yes, because I'm asking you questions. Because you Gresham, did the research. Yes. <laughs> right, well, if I could go on my, on my phone, I would probably find all these answers Tom Waits. Too. Yeah, Tom Waits. She's she did never, a whole Tom Waits album.
1: I, <laughs> just she, him. She's never jamming out on the no, set. No, she
5: doesn't jam out on the set. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. thank you, man. Yeah. That
1: was Don Cheadle. Now, I'm going to take a short break, but when I come back, you've got to hear Karen Gillan and her celebrity impersonations.
3: If you're like me and spend hours on Instagram, scrolling past all the over-filtered, perfect highlight reels of other women, and just wish you had someone to commiserate with about your nightly shame spirals, I have great news for you. I'm Jade Iovine, and I'm the host of Tell Me About It, the weekly podcast that's here to remind you that the women we constantly compare ourselves to, yes, even that one, also have lives that are far from perfect. Whether it's admitting all the times you've texted your ex, navigating the world of fertility treatments, or feeling like the only one in the room with depression, nothing quite compares to the relief you feel when another woman admits they've stood exactly where you are and lived to tell the tale. So cancel that Zoom happy hour. You know you didn't want to go anyway. And come hang with me as I talk to women I respect about all the insecurities, mistakes, and the heartbreaks that they don't normally post about on Instagram. Join me for heart-to-hearts with Tech CMO. Bozema St. John, environmentalist and influencer Steph Shepp, actress Jamie Lynn Siegler, and many more. Listen to Tell Me About It with Jade Ivine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Never thought you'd make a great switchboard operator, or seltzer man, or professional royal mistress? If old-timey jobs are your jam, we've got a podcast just for you. I'm Helen Hong. And I'm Matt Beat, and we host the new podcast, Jobs Elite, taking a look at jobs that used to be a thing, and now, not so much. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find Jobs Elite on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is The Big Ticket, and I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Right now, Karen Gillen.
4: I'm really well, thanks. How are you? So
1: tell me everything about Endgame.
4: Okay, so this is what happens. Hold on a second. (laughs) You almost got me.
1: What is the penalty? What is the fine if you do spill something?
4: I don't know. And I don't want to find out. I mean, I saw Ruffalo... accidentally live stream some of the last movie from his pocket (laughs) on his phone and also give away a couple of spoilers, but he still got his job. So maybe it's not as severe as I think it's going to be.
1: What did it feel like when you found out who was going to disintegrate?
4: I felt like I'd made some sort of sports team. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I made the cut.
1: (laughs) How did you find out? Is it in the Um, script? Is it that day? so it
4: it was in the script. Um, But I didn't get a full um, script for the movie because they kept it so secretive. So I only got the scenes that I was in. And so I only knew that the people in the scenes that I was in were disintegrating. So I had to wait for the movie to see who really was gone. So like
1: even... Your co-stars don't talk to you about spoilers?
4: Well, some of them <laughs> do. We kind of tried to piece together a few things, but we shot these movies back to back. And so I kind of quite quickly figured out, oh, so-and-so is not here anymore and you can piece it together.
1: What's it like to watch them disintegrate?
4: It's sad. You know, it's, it's more sad when you watch the movie. Right. Um, I mean, truly, when you're filming it, it's just this. I I don't know how sad that is (laughs) No, to be fair though Tom Holland um, disintegrating um, I thought that was pretty emotional When they were filming it um, And he really took it to to the next level With the emotions And he really didn't want to go And that did bring a little tear to my eye Because it seemed
1: like he was the only one Who knew he was going, really Yeah The other ones it seemed pretty
4: quick Yeah, they were a little just caught off guard But Spider-Man knew
1: Did you ever think you'd be playing a superhero When you were growing up?
4: No, no, it's really not the type of thing that you sort of think is plausible, especially for me. I'm from the top of Scotland in the middle of nowhere. And I, I mean, those are, you know, movies from a magical land called Hollywood <laughs> that doesn't actually exist. And so I certainly never, it wasn't on my list of things to do because I didn't think it was a thing that I could do.
1: <laughs> and now you're directing though, yes. which means when are you going to direct an Avengers movie?
4: Good question. Yeah. Um, I keep asking Kevin Feige when that's going to be. i you I would love to direct a Marvel movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know which one. It would need to be the right one. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't just do any film. I think it would need to be one where I had a strong feeling that I was the best person for the job. Um, And obviously, that's not every movie that comes your way.
1: Which character, besides your own, do you sort of say, hey, I want to know more about him or her?
4: I'm really excited about the Black Widow movie. I'm really intrigued for her to kind of have a whole movie to show us who this character is. And she having, doesn't talk much. No, she's very <laughs> stoic and everything's bubbling underneath. And I love that about the performance. Um, and I'm ready to kind of see the glimpses, maybe some more glimpses of who this person is.
1: Why do you think it's taken so long to get a Black Widow movie? I feel like it should have when, happened sooner.
4: I know. I think everybody kind of feels that way. Um, I think we're only just starting to, um, you know, get get together these uh, female-led superhero movies. I mean, it's kind of a new thing, and we're living in this time of change at the moment. Um, And so to see Captain Marvel do so well, I just, I mean, I was crying in the cinema, just, like, so happy that she was smashing it and people were loving it. Um, And so I think it's time to see the Black Widow movie. It does feel like she should already have one. It really does.
1: Intermission. Should there be an intermission during Endgame?
4: (laughs) No, we're telling everyone to wear diapers to not leave for the bathroom.
1: <laughs> Great. I love that product tie yeah, in. So. Diapers. Avenger diapers. Oh my God. Can
4: you imagine a different yes. one for each character? Come, Come on. on.
1: They have Ziploc I'm going to paint it there. Them. <laughs> um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes. They have rehired James Gunn. Could it have been done without James, do you think?
4: Yes, but it wouldn't have been the same. Guardians that we know. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that watching the last Avengers movie, Infinity War, I mean, it's definitely possible to maintain the tone of the Guardians with new filmmakers. But I mean, the tone of those movies, I can only describe as James's personality. I mean, it's his sense of humor, his writing, his taste in music... These characters are extensions of him. I mean, like, it's a really personal project for him. And so it definitely wouldn't have been the same version of Guardians.
1: Do you think he was treated fairly? Do you think what happened was correct?
4: I I mean, now looking back on it, I think that he has, he's he's sort of, it's become more fair. We've gotten back to to a place of fairness. Were you surprised
1: Um, when Marvel said, you know what, we're going to move on?
4: Yes, I think everyone was so shocked. It came from nowhere with no Mm -hmm. warning. Um, And so everyone was just taken off guard. It didn't even seem like it was real. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, really, we're going to make a movie without this guy? It seemed absurd to even consider somebody else doing it. But then he and then he came back. So we we're like, oh, okay, well. But he's making a suicide movie, uh, suicide squad movie in between, so <laughs> it's not so bad.
1: And now that Disney and Fox have mer- merged, um, yes. who from the X Men do you want to see come over to the Avengers land?
4: Mystique, so that we can talk about having blue prosthetics on all the time.
1: <laughs> or maybe you're related.
4: Maybe, or maybe we'll be like your you. blue
1: blooded
4: yes Um, we're blue-blooded related (laughs) (laughs) we're clutching at straws
1: here (laughs) what is it like to have all that makeup on and how much is it has it changed where because i remember actually interviewing jennifer lawrence when she was first doing x-men and it was this body paint that she had an allergic reaction to and they had a doctor on set but now she said it's it's she's not in makeup as much as she was before
4: yeah um yeah i think they sort of cut down the time that she was in it, because it did seem really extreme. I truthfully would watch the video, the behind the scenes videos of her getting her makeup done while I was getting my makeup done to make me feel like it wasn't so bad. (laughs) Because I was like, well, look at what she went through. This is only from the neck up. But like, um, I mean, it's just a feeling of like claustrophobia. Is it? Um, Why is that? And because I'm completely enclosed. um, It's a second skin that's glued to me. It's not paint. It's like a skin. um, And it's like all over. Weird. And so I can't really like move my face very much, you know. Um, it's a weird sensation. It's one that it isn't the nicest of sensations, but it does look really cool and does help with the character.
1: But does it make acting harder, though? I think Where? it's
4: stopping me from overacting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't move my face. I suddenly, got really nuanced and subtle. <laughs> Have
1: you ever thought about walking off set, going to Starbucks? <laughs> Balloon skin. Oh
4: my god, I would love to do that. And then just like for the name on the cup, like Great Nebula.
1: Just <laughs> <Did you> spell <laughs> that, you please. Yeah. The Nebula N. N. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many of these movies have you signed up to do?
4: I think I have. Well, oh no, that's a spoiler! You almost got me (laughs) for real that time. I was like, I have, wait, a goddamn second
1: here. I I (laughs) promise I wasn't trying to get you, but
4: hey. No, that was almost fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I have some more. Maybe I don't. You'll have to see the end of Endgame.
1: Because Endgame's not the end. You know, it's called Endgame.
4: It's the end for some. Maybe. (sighs) Or
1: maybe not. <laughs> is that is that how, like, sort of Marvel and Disney train you? Every time you say something, you just said, maybe at the end?
4: Um, that's <laughs> not something they told us. But, like, yesterday we figured out that if we w- use the word potentially after every sentence, we're going to be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about your impressions. I was watching um, oh, you on Jimmy Kimmel.
4: <laughs> yes.
1: Britney Spears. But not doing Britney. a Britney Spears song. Who else do you do impressions of?
4: Um... Go ahead. I do. I have an array of terrible impressions that I'm quite one. proud of. Give me one. And okay, Let me try, to guess. Yeah, yeah, let okay, me try right. to guess. I like you about
1: Catherine Hepburn?
4: No, Christopher Walken. <laughs> wow, I feel really bad that I said no. <laughs> no. Truly,
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Oh god, I'm awful.
4: That's I'm sorry, no Catherine. Expected.
1: Okay, let me try to make it up. Give me another one.
4: Okay, ready? One more time. <laughs> I have
1: no idea.
4: Come on you have two guys. Action star. Action star? Male. Male action star. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I
1: have honestly no idea. It's Arnie. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's Arnie. OK, quick thing. We're just going to do a little quiz. OK, How well let's do it. you know your co-stars? Yep. Robert Downey Jr., has he ever won an Oscar? And if he has, for which movie?
4: Did he win it? Yes. And did he win it for playing uh, Charlie Chaplin? No.
1: Very nice of you, but he's never won. He's never won? He's never won.
4: That's outrageous.
1: (laughs) Chris Hemsworth. Was he on Australia's Got Talent or Australia's Dancing with the Stars? Got Talent? No. Dancing with the Stars? He was on Dancing with the Stars. When? I think it was like 2006 or 2007 when he was like a soap opera star.
4: Oh, before Thor.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Before
4: Thor. Okay. I was like, hold on. Let me. I think he needs a new agent.
1: (laughs) And which Avenger was a stripper before they were an Avenger?
4: A stripper? A stripper. Jeremy Renner?
1: No. But I like that you said that right away.
4: (laughs) No. Um, Who? Who on earth? Chris Pratt. (laughs) No. Yes.
1: He said he wasn't very successful. This is the greatest thing I've heard all day. Awesome. You're amazing. Thank (laughs) Thank you so much. much. (laughs) And that was the third episode of The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, I'm interviewing your favorite Hollywood stars every Thursday. Coming up, Halle Berry, Keanu Reeves, and Jared Leto. For now, I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Have a good one.